Ah, greetings and salutations. It's time for another Hard Rock Lunchbox with its illegitimate bastard child, the Top 20. <laughs> Today is June 22nd, probably Thursday, hopefully Thursday, just afternoon. Sorry I'm late. I don't have any excuse. I just didn't feel like getting here on time. <laughs> If you want to know the truth of it, I was actually trying to finish my uh, my Wordle. Um, it's like Wordle, but it's uh, uh, like countries, like silhouettes of countries. And uh, I don't want to give anything away in case anybody plays it. I know my daughter plays it, uh, so I want to give it away. She'll know it, though. She's like super nerd when it comes to stuff like this. Um, but it had one of the bonus things is like you just name the countries around it, which is effectively how I learned how to play this game. Um so it had like 10 countries and I was like, I could not figure out for the life of me one of them, uh, what one of them was. And I realized I hadn't even set up for the box, didn't put the curtain up, didn't turn the light on, didn't turn the computer on, didn't turn the other computer on. And uh, all of a sudden it was like 12.01. So I apologize. I apologize for being late, but as we always say, uh, a late box is better than no box whatsoever. I think that's probably true. It is good to be transmitting today. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, had a great show this past Friday night. Uh, thank you, everybody that stopped by. Uh, Mr. Beeries, do you help us celebrate the start of summer? I think I think it was a great show. I thought it was better than the last show we did in December, but Tony says that there were probably more people uh, at the December show, but I pointed out that most of the people in December were inside, and a good half of the people at uh, Friday's show were outside because it was just unbelievably hot in the room, uh, which was surprising. I figured it would just be better than that, but it wasn't. So there was. It was actually one point. I was telling. Uh, I was telling Jimmy the story. But there was one point where, uh, in the middle of our set, were about five people that were kind of up front actually left to go out back and um they ended up coming back which was cool but at, at the time i didn't know that and i'm always bummed when like especially a group of people leave especially when we're playing later because that usually means they're leaving for the night uh but like i said they just they left and they came back but as like as they left i was like bummed i was like oh that sucks but like within like 90 seconds of them leaving it was actually palpably palpably cooler uh, where I was up on stage and I was like well this is working out for the better here and uh, you know as performers like we're constantly saying stuff like hey man everybody take like one big step come towards the stage and I was literally in my head being like now if we could all just take three steps back we could enjoy this show <sighs> it was a good show though I really I don't like when people just bounce uh, like, I understand that it gets late, but I try and keep the shows like a decent hour. I mean, we were off stage by 1230, uh, 12.35, which is not a, really a late night in the uh, vein of late night shows. I appreciate that people work on Fridays, so they're probably tired after. So I do get all that, but like that, it just, it just always bothers me. It's going to continue to bother me, I would assume, you know, for the rest of my life. But, you know, I've, I've had to leave shows early, too, but usually if I'm leaving shows early, it's because I'm driving four hours. Or it's already 2, 2.30 in the morning. Like, that's generally... I usually don't bounce, um, you know, especially if it's a band that, you know, I, I want to I see or I like, which is how I translate that stuff in my head. Like, if you leave during my set, like, we're a band you don't want to see. And, you know, 
sucks, man. I'm human. I'm not. I'm not impervious to such feelings. So. But uh, we can get to some housekeeping. I know it's upside down, but it's still housekeeping. Hopefully, I'm reading the right one this week. I am. Look at that. Uh, it's a brand new top 20 out today. It's coffee, tequila, and whiskey. Oh, my. Uh, and it's basically uh, talking about, uh, like, my medical minute, uh, medical minute, how great it was to watch a soccer game that I had absolutely nothing, no investment in. That was just awesome. Um, things that shouldn't taste good, right? We're talking about, like, uh, that was when I was making fun of Gregory's and the probably super delicious new cold brew that they have with the maple syrup in it. Uh, I have not had it yet. It's not because I'm protesting at all. It's just because I just have not gone out for coffee. Like, I've just been super busy and more antisocial than normal, so I just haven't decided to go out, which I, I probably should. I might go out today, but it looks actually absolutely super gross, so I'm probably not going to do that either. So just another bunch of lies courtesy of the top 20. Um... The interview with Spencer from Under Oath is uh, up at Bacon's My Podcast, so check that out on Stranger TV. Uh, that came out on Monday. There are discussions and drinks, which I did not get to listen to yet. Um, it's struggles of watching TV as a kid in the 80s and 90s, which I feel like is something I talk about all the time, at least to my kids, and try and explain how things work. My kids don't even like understand like the concept of not being able to watch everything on demand. I mean, my oldest does. Actually, my, my oldest does. We were talking about, like, the joys of, like, videotape. And I was asking my kids if they had any idea how to, how to, how to work rabbit ears antennas. They, they don't. So that's good news. <laughs> anyway, always good stuff over at Stranger TV. Check that out. Um, I have something specifically that I'd like to talk about. I'll probably talk more about the van stuff later if I get around to it. Um. But it's, uh, I just want, I want to touch on this briefly, some political stuff, just because it's happening, and I think it's important to realize. I don't know if you can see this, but this person right here, with the exception possibly of George Santos, is the absolute dumbest person in Congress, and I feel like you need to know that. Her name is Lauren Boebert. She's a high school dropout. She got knocked up in high school and couldn't handle both. So she uh, dropped out of high school and only actually went to get her GED right before she ran for Congress. Now, I generally don't slut shame, uh, but I will when it comes to actually like derailing your education because that's more important, I guess, than getting a basic foundational education. And I usually don't, I don't usually slam that either. A lot of people are cut out for uh, education and the smarts. And that's fine, too. Like, we really do need people to work in the minds. Like, that's fine. Like, that's really going to be fine. But what I do take uh, have, a, have an objection with is when somebody like this gets elected to be one of our political leaders, and she represents the less-than-great area of Colorado that sent her to Congress, and yesterday she filed articles of impeachment on the House floor against President Biden. Now... I think and have thought that she is an idiot since day one. The only thing, the only people I think that are stupider than her are the people that voted for her. Uh, I also now believe that the people that might be stupider than her are the people that continue to support her or think that anything she has to say is a good idea. Uh, I was going to read some of this, but honestly, all I just said kind of covers it. She filed the articles. Uh, it's it's a six-page um, 
It's a six-page document, and it basically says that President Biden is guilty of uh, dangers to the country because of a failed immigration policy. Uh, actually, I will read that part if I can find the actual quote. Um, I'm bringing my articles of impeachment against Joe Biden to the House floor in a privileged motion, meaning that every member of Congress must vote on holding Joe Biden accountable. Okay, so it's a political stunt for sure. That's exactly what it is. Where? Oh, here it is. The six-page impeachment resolution argues that Biden has abused his power and is derelict in his duty as president, leading in an administration, quote, that has continuously, overtly, and consistently violated federal immigration law by pursuing an aggressive open borders agenda. So that is completely ridiculous, and it is also completely false based on the information available and on the ground. Um, And it was actually really funny because the White House said extreme House Republicans are staging baseless political stunts that do nothing to help real people and only serve to get themselves attention, right? Because that's going to get money from her base because she's creating a spectacle, right? She's using our political system that we pay her for to make more money for herself by pulling a stunt. She's not doing any work for us at all. She's not doing any, she's not even offering up a solution on the border. She's not, you know, pledging more money from Congress for border patrol or anything like that. She just wants to impeach the president on baseless things. These are not high crimes or misdemeanors, so it's absolutely dead on arrival, but people are actually taking it seriously in the, you know, in the real world because they think it's a good thing. Those people are morons and. I think we need to really start shaming the dumb people again. Like, I was fine with it when I was in in school. Totally fine with shaming stupid people. Like, it's not my fault that you're stupid. It's your parents' fault. Or, you know, you just didn't pay attention. Like, but it's not my fault. And I feel completely justified in abusing you and making fun of you for that. Especially if you keep speaking up saying stupid, stupid things. Uh, The Biden administration has defended its border policies, arguing in a recent court filing that its actions have actually reduced the number of migrants permitted to apply for asylum at the southern border by allowing them to be screened for asylum, blah, 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 blah. Only uh, Only if they can prove that they previously tried to apply in countries they passed through or that their cases are exceptions to the rule, right? So... The Biden administration has stepped up and really actually, you can make an argument, unfairly squashed the number of migrants that are coming across the border. Yes, there's always illegals. There were just as many illegals when Trump was president, just as many when Obama was president, just as many. Like, in fact, it's actually dropped under Biden because for some reason, and I don't understand exactly what it is, but since the expiration of Title 42, illegal crossings have dropped. I don't know why that is. I don't really have a reason. I would have thought it would have gone the other way, but it didn't. So that's that's what it is. But the bottom line is this. People, like, and I heard this, and I was saying a couple weeks ago, like, there were Republicans on Long Island, Republican leaders that were talking about all these illegals that are coming here. Like, let's be clear. If they're here, if they're being bused here from Texas, they're not illegals. Uh, and I can prove that because they happen to be asylum seekers, which is a whole other classification. But... If they were illegals and Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, put them on a bus and transported them here, like trafficked them to New York, that's a felony. 
right? You're not allowed to do that. It's also aiding and abetting illegal illegal aliens, which you're not allowed to do. Illegal citizens that are here illegally, unless you're in a sanctuary city, and that's something different, if you're here illegally, ICE will pick you up, they'll arrest you, they'll deport you. And then, because of that, you can't even apply for any sort of amnesty or or, uh, asylum for, it's like, 6 to 12 months because you've come here illegally. Like, it's just... It's a big deal. There aren't illegals arriving here. So if you hear Republicans saying that there are illegals arriving here every day from Texas, like it's a lie. They're lying to you or they're too stupid to know the truth, but they're probably just lying to you. They're asylum seekers. And the reason asylum seekers are here is because stuff is so bad where they're from that they have decided to basically walk across the entire country of Mexico on the chance that they could get a better life in America. Like I've said it. For a decade, I will take somebody that wants to work so badly that they will walk across an entire other country to come here and work over some fat, meth-addicted or opioid-addicted SSI recipient just sucking off of my tax dollars because they were born here in Canada. It's just true, and that's not super popular, but yeah, I will absolutely support somebody that wants to work for a living from another country over somebody that just thinks they deserve stuff here. Now, I can speak from experience, because my mom is one of those kind of people. She's not meth addicted, she's not opium addicted, she's not even fat, although I haven't seen her in like a good decade, but she's another one that lives off of SSI, totally capable of working, but just would rather not, so she doesn't. So she takes SSI money, which is my money. It's your money. Like, this is the money we're paying for. Completely capable of working. Just doesn't want to do it anymore. Okay, that's fine. But don't, like, think that we don't need jobs still done here. And I would gladly pay somebody that's going to pay taxes. Like, you take a migrant, you pay him $100 a week, get him, like, 8% federal taxes. Like, I don't know, man. That's, like, 8 bucks that goes into the federal kitty as opposed to somebody that's just taking Social Security money and doing nothing. Those are people that are just taking stuff out. And people with actual disabilities totally understand. Totally fine. I'm just saying what my preference is. Like, I would rather have somebody adding to the pot than constantly taking away from the pot. Which actually brings me to what I wanted to talk about today. And, um... Man. So... Often I have an opinion about something. I don't know. Maybe you've listened to the show before. But I will say I I feel like I'm not like, not, not like you know, Squirtle evolving into, you know, War Total or, or Charmander into Charmeleon. But I feel like I'm evolving into some sort of new sort of political state. And I can't quite figure this out. And I actually was saying it recently about how I there are so many things that are happening at least here in New York and New York City and Long Island, there are so many things that are happening um, on the left that it's starting to push me to the right. Now, nationally, everything that's happening on the right overwhelms my sense of decency, and I'm disgusted by most of those people. I am disgusted by anybody that would support, you know, all the nonsense that's going on in Congress right now. Uh, Anybody that would support what Samuel Alito has done or Clarence Thomas has done. Like, as far as I'm concerned, they're all guilty of ethics violations and should have stepped down. But Republicans don't. Democrats step down. If Democrats acted like Republicans, Cuomo would be our governor right now. And I cannot stand Kathy Hochul. The only thing I I like about Kathy Hochul is that she's not Lee Zeldin. So, like, that's a good plus. But, like, these people just don't, there's like no 
real punishment for him. Like, completely... Like, he took money for travel and trips from somebody that actively had a case in front of the Supreme Court. It's like the only rule, and he broke it, and he doesn't. So I'm disgusted by what's going on with, you know, women's rights and LG, LGBTQ plus rights and all the other pushback. And honestly, can we as just a society agree that no white male over the age of seven should use the word woke in sentence? I am so la- tired of laughing at Ron DeSantis for him just being mad at a word, a word that sounds ridiculous anyway. It actually reminds me of when my mom used to try and sound cool by using my lingo when I was a teenager. And Ron, you sound like such a dork and such a jerk. Man, you will never get my vote. And I can't believe I literally considered it for a hot minute, but man, you have doubled down on being just an asshole and you can enjoy Florida for all I care. By the way, Florida financially is in so much trouble right now. I personally cannot wait till that completely implodes. But locally, I have been finding more and more often, and this is the where I'm looking for some like uh, repartee, some feedback from some other people because I'm trying to form this new opinion. I have been getting overwhelmed lately from the people on the left that keep claiming like stuff that they're owed, right? Like I believe in like certain basic rights right like you should basic human rights like marry who you want to marry be with who you want to be with raise your kids the way you want to raise your kids send them to the schools you want to send them to i also believe in stuff like universal health care i also seem to believe in the right to bear arms i do seem to have some reasons why that's not always the case like Maybe if a wife beater shouldn't be able to own a gun. Maybe an alcoholic shouldn't be able to own a gun. Maybe a felon shouldn't be able to own a gun. That kind of stuff. I believe in those basic things, and I find I check them with my common sense indicator, right? I tend to know when things seem off. And when they seem off, I start looking into them a little bit. So what's going on recently, and I don't understand, like, why this is so hard for people to understand. Um, And there's a lot of examples, but this is the one that's just been going on in the past week. If you've heard anything in the news, they've been talking about increasing rent at the rent-stabilized apartments in the city. It affects basically 2 million people. 8 million people live in the city, 2 million live in rent-controlled apartments. The reason we have rent-controlled apartments in New York City is because if people were just allowed to gouge constantly, nobody would be able to live there. I understand all the reasons for it. They proposed, this was pre-yesterday, they had proposed anywhere from like a 3 to 7% increase uh, for one-year leases. There's two-year leases and stuff, and that goes even a little higher. Um, but they proposed rent increases of about, say, 3 to 7%. People staged protests and on, verge, on the verge of having riots because their rent was going to go up 3%. I have to tell you, as a homeowner in Suffolk County, while my mortgage does not increase because I agreed to an unbelievably oppressive amount of money for my home (laughs) when I first signed up, the costs associated with being a homeowner, like taxes and maintenance and utilities and all that other good stuff, have done nothing but gone up. And they have really skyrocketed over the past year because they can Right, I've told you, and anybody will tell you that what's going on with inflation 
is a, 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 it's a bounce back from COVID because all these companies weren't making money for a year, so they're gouging people to get money now. And if you don't believe me, check out any airline, any airline price, because they are just doubling what they, what they should be costing. And the reason they're doing that and they're claiming stuff like, well, it's hard to get help and workers and it's hard to pay for gas. That's bullshit. That's a lie. They are gouging you because they can Because they know you want to fly. They know you've been cooped up in the house for a couple of years. And they know you want to travel. So they're gouging you. It's the same thing that gas companies are doing. There's absolutely no reason for, for ExxonMobil to be posting record profits again if they aren't gouging you. Like, that's how that works. And that's a totally different show. If you don't believe me, just look it up. Not conspiracy theory at all. This is literally what they're paying, what they're claiming. Amazon made $9 billion. You don't think they could just drop 1% off of every item? That would save me a lot of money. It would make my life a lot better. It would make inflation seem almost like there's not inflation. That's my point. So, all these costs have gone up. And when you when you rent an apartment... And anybody that rents an apartment will tell you, when you rent an apartment, almost all of that is part of that. Which means the landlord is taking your rent and basically paying for the mortgage, homeowner's insurance, you know, usually oil, uh, depending on, on how you work. Some people have to pay for their own heat. Some people have to pay for their own electric. But you have to provide all that. It has to be in working condition. But you also have to do maintenance. Maintenance is skyrocketing. Maintenance is going well over 3%. And I am in no way interested in dealing with, like, venture capitalists and how much money they're making. But I really don't think, and you can prove me wrong, and this is kind of the stuff that I would appreciate if people tell me. I really don't think that venture capitalists are investing in rent-controlled apartments unless they're trying to get rid of people and turn them into luxury apartments. There's just no money in it. There is no money in rent-controlled apartments. There just isn't. Yes, it's usually generational wealth or family wealth. And yes, usually people will own a building and they'll rent it out. And it usually will maybe cover their mortgage. People don't want to lose money. But even if they do lose a little bit of money, it's usually increasing their investment because if they have a million-dollar building 10 years ago, it's probably 2 to $3 million right now. So you're increasing your investment, and that's good. But you're still... You still have to pay for all of these things. And if your main source of income isn't going up, but your main source of expenses does, that creates this sort of, you know, in, insolvable situation. And the only way to do that is to increase the rent. Now, that seems like something any reasonable person would understand, right? Anybody that deals with, you know, margins and profits and revenues and expenses knows how that works, right? That's just... That's just a very simple equation. But the simple fact that so many of these people are staging protests about that they can't afford to live in their apartment if there's a 3% increase, which, by the way, they voted for. And yes, it's going to be a 3% increase. Yep, that's a lot of money. If it's $300 a month, it's now $303 a month. But let's be honest, it's not $300 a month. It's $3,000 a month, and maybe it's going to be, you know, $3,030 a month. And, you know, there was a woman on there saying, like, that's the difference between, med you know, this medication and paying my rent. Yeah. Sometimes it's really expensive to live some places. Like, do you know why I don't live in Southampton or Lloyd Harbor? Because I can't afford to live there. It sucks, but it's true. Do you know why I don't have a beach house? Do you know why I don't live, like, you know, uh, in on Long Beach, on the beach? Do you know why I don't? 
because I can't afford to live there. You know whose fault that is? Me neither. Mine? Societies? Lives? But no one is coming to bail me out. Nobody is coming to give me some sort of stabilized amount of money to go live on the water. Because that's where I want to live. Maybe I want to live up at Eaton's Neck. Or Orient Point. It's beautiful out there. You want to give me some money to go live there? You want to get... Do you want to give me a cool $22 million to live on Shelter Island? It looks beautiful there. I can't afford to live there, so somebody else needs to pay for it. Does anybody else see how ridiculous that sounds? And I can certainly make an argument for people that are on fixed income, Social Security, disabilities, and SSI, and stuff like that. But that's what public housing is for. And yes, I know we have a shortage on public housing, but maybe that should be the conversation. What you're asking for is somebody else to pay your rent because you don't want to. And I have a huge problem with that. I have a huge problem with the lack of gratitude for even having a place to live, but also the lack of basic understanding. Yeah, it's not fair. You want to live where you want to live and you can't afford to live there on your salary. What do you want me to tell you? What do you want me to tell you? Fight a different fight. Just don't fight to have your thing be so important that we all have to pay for it. Besides, who do you think is going to end up paying for that anyway? People like us don't have rent-stabilized apartments. How is that okay? I understand that there's an inequity in wealth in this country. Believe me, I've been talking about it for years. But punishing the rest of us, like the middle class, what left, what's left of it, that's not going to solve anything. It's only going to make more people poor. You got to make different decisions. You got to pick different leaders. I'm sorry if people can't afford to live where they want to live. It's really like one of the oldest stories in the book. It's certainly one of the oldest stories in mine. So if you have any thoughts on that, jump on 99WNRR.com. Tell me how wrong I was, and uh, we can discuss it during the rest of the show. But first, I'm going to listen to some data remember because you know where I can't afford to live, probably. Ocala, Florida, although not after DeSantis is done. 